Hello everyone, you're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. Hi everyone, welcome to The Next Normal in collaboration with America Meditating Radio. I am your host, Sister Jenna, and each time I get a chance to sit and be with you, it feels like miracles are happening between us, there's no doubt. I learn so much from each of my special guests, and I learn a lot from the vibrations that I feel from all of you out there that tend to kind of realize that this is really a program of content, integrity, intent, sacredness, and it's very rare, actually. You can go everywhere else and find something quite commercialized and quite branded. But for us, we're just showing up to be in service, to share a part of our lives with you, and to be a part also of your journey. We're celebrating the book, Mayhem to Miracles, which has been published by Sacred Stories Publishers. And I've been having a wonderful time speaking to many of the contributing authors of this book. Today we have Eileen Bild, founder of the Core Thinking Blueprint Method. She wears many hats. She's an entrepreneur, business owner, certified coach, published writer, motivational speaker, executive producer, videographer. Okay, she's busy. After earning a master's degree in transpersonal psychology, she has spent the last 10 years creating opportunities for purpose-driven, motivated professionals who are ready to go to the next level. Eileen is also a co-author in the book that we're going to be talking about, Mayhem to Miracles, Sacred Stories of Transformational Hope. Eileen, welcome. Thank you. When I hear someone else talk about where I've come from and what I'm doing, it sounds like it's a lot. I know. When you're driven with passion to a person who doesn't have passion, it sounds like a lot. But when you're driven with passion, you still feel like you've got so much more to do. Absolutely. And it keeps growing and expanding. But it all ties together. It does. So tell us a little bit about your backstory. How did Eileen become Eileen at this point in her life? When we get to where we are and we see the accomplishments and the triumphs, I often go back and think of the struggles I had to go through or I went through to become the empowered person that I am today. The Reader's Digest of my backstory is when I was younger, from birth to six, I discovered that I was very highly intuitive but I wasn't understood. So I kind of shut down. And I think a lot of people have that happen in their lives. And it wasn't until I was age 40 that I had that awakening. That just threw my life into a whole other direction that opened up the higher awareness and understanding of that bigger part of the world and the bigger part of the universe of life. That has been the foundation of everything that I have grown into all the businesses that I have and I do, because I come to it and I come from that heart-centered space of that greater knowing that there's something bigger than us as part of our life journey. 
It's not that life is happening to us. I realize it's happening that, for us. Let's yeah. go back at six. I wish I was like many of my friends who can remember what they did at two, three, four, five. I barely started 13. Like, what was I doing at 13, right? <laughs> well, what was it that happened to you at six that at 40 you realized, well, I have a gift? It wasn't something that I consciously became aware of. It was over time through doing different meditations and work with other people that the knowledge of that came forth. What was presented to me is imagine someone five, six years old sitting on the ground playing with her dolls and having these imaginary friends and talking to them or interacting or connecting, communicating as if it's a live person with me. And so when I think I tried to bring my parents or someone else into that, they saw it as imaginary friends, whereas to me, it was natural, it was normal. I think even as a child, we have intelligence. Just because we're young doesn't mean that we don't have a connection to the higher intelligence of life. I think that higher intelligence had surfaced at that time. And on some level, I decided, okay, I don't fit right now in this world. And so I suppressed it and did what I needed to do to be able to be in this world So by the time I was 40 and I've experienced this world without that part of myself, finally that higher self knocking on my door, time to wake up, time to bring her Mm -hmm. forth because she's got a purpose, she's got a reason for being here. And then that's when things started to happen. It's so hard to decode that knock on the door of the mind, no? By the highest force or the highest source. When the knock comes, you just answer Many of us are getting the knock, but we're still staying distracted by problems, desires, expectations. You know the whole gamut of things. But as you were talking, it had me thinking, too, how much of the thoughts that we get even now as an adult were actually always there as a child. And even in our adult stage, that spirit of innocence has been wanting to breathe through us even as an adult. I'm just going to put a little pause there for everyone to think about because that's what I was thinking when you were sharing all the meditations that you were doing and then at 40 it broke open and broke wide because of that moment at six years old. Let's move forward and tell us about the core thinking blueprint method that you developed and how does it actually work? The things that happened in my life have come through me and The Core Thinking Blueprint Method actually came through in 2014. And it was a couple of years after it was developed and I started working with people that I realized it was a culmination of my life to that point. So it was the energy of all that I've learned about myself and the ability to help others to learn that about themselves. So there's eight levels. It starts with the victim mindset, and then as you move through the core thinking program or the core thinking blueprint method, you start to gain a better awareness. You start to gain, release that attachment to the physical world, and you connect more with that world where the knocks coming from. And as you make those shifts and you move up the levels, there's eight levels that I realized were part of this method. So what is the core thinking blueprint method? 
I believe everything starts with our thoughts. It's our thinking, our beliefs, our perceptions that dictate how we feel, how we observe ourselves in the world, and how we take action. What I've realized over the years, and I'm going to throw this in based on what you said about that part of us from our younger years is trying to express itself through us as an adult. What I've learned over the years of coaching and my own self-development and dealing is most people as a child in that autonomy stage do not fully develop. So think about how many people are walking around today who don't have the true connection to their authentic self. And so we spend our whole adult life with that inner child at that age knocking on a door to say, hey, let me come through. I want to be me. And so the Core Thinking Blueprint Method is a tool that can be used to help someone to step fully into becoming the best version of themselves or really their authentic version. But we have to recognize those levels and layers that haven't been healed or that are saboteur, that blocks us, that has not truly integrated with the adult self. The focus is really on what is your thinking, and it's the mind-heart connection thinking. A lot of people are busy mind, monkey mind, stuck in the head, and they don't listen to those knocks or the little nuggets that are put in front of them. So they walk around blinded to what's right in front of them or right there in them. Sometimes it's scary. Think about diving. It's a deep dive, but Thinking about going into that can be scary because they become accustomed to who they are and what is it like to be somebody different, which is really your authentic self. But if you haven't been that person, it's scary to be in your truth. It's very interesting. During the pandemic, I've been just feeling this other part of my personality, which is I'm born very creative, but more artistic. So I've been wanting to take up an instrument sing, write scripts, paint, things that I have put on pause for the last 30 years because of my role of spiritual mentoring. And it feels uncomfortable as if I'm dying from an old birth and it's as if I'm trying to walk into some new life and yet this other one's not done yet. And sometimes (laughs) I wonder when we take our own lives, if that's the feeling the soul carries, that it's feeling a pull to another story and another narrative, but it's not time. And so when that role is played and the soul does do that, do they feel like they're in between? This part wasn't done. The future one's not completely ready. So you're like an in-between spot. And what I've been feeling is a little bit of that in-between I want to do it. I sat at the laptop, wrote my first page of a script, and I haven't gone back to it in two months. I picked up the piano. I did a few days, and then I didn't go back to it. Then I picked up the guitar, and I did a few strings, and then I didn't go back to it. (laughs) I know that this other part of me wants to breathe, and one of the things that I've been listening to is how to find that balance where I'm still honoring my role and my responsibilities, which I love, and at the same token, allow that other part of me that says, hey, I'm here too. And in the book, Mayhem to Miracles, you wrote that just when I thought I was done and life could become a walk in the park, 
somehow I was blindsided once again. What were you going through at that time, and how were you able to triumph? Prior to the story that's in the book, I had had a bout with fibromyalgia, which the awakening that I've talked about came as a result of my self-healing and overcoming the fibromyalgia. And that was in my 30s that happened. So once I stripped myself of that narrative and that story and that chapter in my life, and I opened up a new chapter for about 10 years, I was healthy. I was strong. I was working out. I was just on top of the world health-wise and emotionally and mentally. I then went through some challenges. Divorce, my mom came down with cancer, met a new person in my life. And it was shortly after all of that kind of settled down that I got blindsided again. I was bit by brown recluse while sleeping at home. And it totally threw my life into turmoil. Apparently, I had a dormant autoimmune marker. So when the poison of the spider got into my system, my system went into fight or flight and totally started to turn on itself. My body did. And all I could think of was, what is happening? I spent so much effort and energy and time to heal from the fibromyalgia. I was on a a great path of strengthening and empowering my body and developing my own sense of self-worth. And then it's like I got struck down again. A part of me questioned what could I have done that might have prevented it. thought that everything happens for a reason and everything is interconnected and we have the law of attraction as part of one of the universal principles. But I try not to look at myself as at fault for this coming into my life, more of what is it that I can gain from this experience and continue to take myself to a newer healthier level. What did you gain from that? So what have I gained so far? I have a story to tell that can inspire and bring hope to others that no matter what our challenge is in life, it doesn't have to be necessarily a health challenge, but any challenge, especially the challenges we're going through today, just as humanity, it's really difficult for people to not be in that, to be in the world and not of it. So my message through my own little world experience, which has been pretty traumatic because two years I couldn't be in the sun. I could hardly eat. I lost. I got down like 105 pounds. I mean, it was really difficult. And and I'm an entrepreneur. And my husband had retired. So we had just started our videography business, hotel production. And so I had to keep pushing forward. I could not sit in the wallowing and victimhood. You couldn't give into it. You couldn't give in and you couldn't give up. No. Well, good for you that you didn't because one of the things that tends to happen to us is that when it gets tougher, we give into it and we give up. You know, we start to believe that the outside situation is bigger than the soul. Have you noticed now in social media, a lot of people tend to post and present the best side. And we forget that there are struggles to even get to the best side. Sometimes without the struggle, I wouldn't have even gotten to my best side. So you've said that you see struggles as an indicator, that you are not aligned with your purpose or deep-rooted abilities, your full potential. Could you elaborate a little bit more for us on this? And does this mean we will always achieve success 
when we are aligned with our purpose and potential? So I'm going to preface it by saying I would hope that we don't have to go through struggle in order to achieve that success and be aligned with our purpose and fulfillment. And that's one of the things I've been really focusing on and practicing to be in that space We can move forward in life and we can be fulfilled and we can be happy and joyful without that dark night of the soul, without that struggle, without that pain, without that victimhood. And I believe it's possible to redirect and maybe even refocus and repurpose the mass conscious around that idea that we have to go through the struggle. Instead, we can step fully into that authenticity. So think about this. If we develop that authentic, autonomous self as a child, the choices, the decisions, the perceptions, the beliefs that we have through adulthood would be different than if we're trying to find ourselves and we think the world is against us all the time and that we're a victim versus at that young age, we become empowered. Then our focus is going to be on the greatness of what's before us, not Am I going to make it? Am I worthy? Am I valuable enough? And be able to push aside all the outside influence that tells us different. I believe that the more we can identify with that part of us that wants to express through us, that's our true self. And and I do believe that inner love, the creative part of us, the artistic part of us, is our true childlike wonder that gets suppressed when we're young and we're always trying to come in alignment with that. If we are looking for approval and validation of who we are, then we're going to find a reason to struggle to get through that to be who we are. So my message today is we don't have to struggle. Part of not having to struggle is to try to align your thinking and your focus on the gratitude, what I call the gratitude attitude, to really look every day, find one thing to be joyful about, to smile more, Mm. to be of service to others. Thank someone for being in your life and being part of your life. So many different ways. Doesn't it fascinate you, Eileen, that on some mornings you just can't even smile at your husband? (laughs) He would agree with you, yeah. (laughs) Not even a good morning. And actually, I've seen that where the hardest thing to do is just to smile at your loved one and say good morning. And I tell you this, it just fascinates me, the power of energy and how our souls have so much that we can experience. Now, one of the things that's really a big thing in the world right now, there's a lot of economic insecurity. We know there's some stuff that's being highlighted in terms of who thinks who's better than the other, racism, you know, divisiveness, political instability and these things. Depression and anxiety is really at an all-time high. What can we do to take control of our circumstances? So instead of letting them control us, we somehow have a way of using them. Is there one thing that we can apply to control the way we need to feel when things aren't really going our way? I'm going to share an exercise. That's a one thing, but it has two things as part of it. And you've mentioned energy a few times. And I'm also very much about the energy of things and everything is energy-based. Especially people who are highly intuitive and sensitive, they take on 
the energy that's out there of other people and just the noise that is part of our everyday living these days. So how does someone become more grounded? I call grounded and centered in order not to go down that rabbit hole of depression and anxiety and stress. There's a ground center and shield process, but it starts with quieting the mind. If you'd like, I'll take you through it. That way people who are listening can also go through this process. And you can close your eyes if you want. It's imagining a clear blue sky, something that's very calming and peaceful. And if you have trouble clearing out that busy mind, just keep imagining you're pushing it out. And it's just leaving this clearing of a beautiful blue sky. You can imagine some fluffy clouds and maybe a hawk in the distance, but it's just a very peaceful, calming energy. You want to sit in that. You want to allow yourself to be in that energy and that energy to become a part of you. And wherever you are right now in this exercise, it's been waiting for you. It's always been there. And this is what we call our sacred space. It's where you can go to disconnect from and unplug from the external world, all the noise and the the conflict and the chaos, and be able to come into the center to connect with that truth, that truth of who you are, that authentic self. And once you're in there, you can do a grounding and centering, call it a shield. As we grow up, we don't want to protect ourselves. And you can walk among people and feel when someone's got really heavy energy or if someone's talking to you and you feel a connection or you feel like they're attacking you. So that's an energy exchange. But we can protect ourselves from that. So when we're out in the world or on the computer and that comes to us, we don't take it on. We don't absorb it into our own energy field. So in this quiet, centered space, And imagine you're just this beautiful tree of life. The legs are the trunk. And you're just going to bring the roots because we want to root ourselves. We want to ground ourselves with what I call Mother Earth, with the earth. Imagine those roots going down to the core. It secures. And you could try to lift your feet and it may feel a little heavy as we go through this, which is good. That means you're grounding. Then you just imagine this beautiful light, this beautiful love just coming through from the earth up through you and out the top of the head. And then you can surround yourself with the beautiful bubble. A lot of people feel it as that unconditional love that's surrounding you. With this space, you're now grounded, centered, and you're protected. Now, that subconscious part of us, that younger part of us that had that connection, and if people haven't lost it as an adult, then that's great. But you want to... See that as you are your past, present, and future all at once in this moment and that you are safe. You are safe. You are protected. And you have choice. You can choose to allow what you do and do not want no matter what someone is bringing to you, no matter how much they might be attacking you, no matter how much they want to give you love. You can take on or keep out whatever your desire is. And the more that 
you practice this and the more you stand in your own autonomy to teach people what works for you, then the stronger that shield becomes and it becomes an automatic part of your everyday living. And then what happens is those experiences don't show up anymore. They can't because the energy is not there to attract it and to bring it in. Instead, you start to have more beautiful experiences. So all that depression, anxiety, stress goes away. And yes, instead it gets replaced. So the work that I do, whether it's, it's coaching or, I mean, anything I do, a part of me is always looking at what can be the best possible experience for this experience, for the people, for the person involved. And for you. And for me, absolutely. I experience it with them. So for me, it's always the idea I want to win-win. I want to walk away feeling good. I want the other person to walk away feeling good. So if there's something that doesn't match that feel good and that higher energy vibration, then we have to allow ourselves and give ourselves permission to let it go and then replace it. So it's like creating a new neural pathway. This is scientific. This is not very out there on the clouds. It's a scientific connection to everything spiritual. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If we look at it that way. Yeah. So scientifically, we have neural pathways running in our conscious, in our system. And that's how I healed from the fibromyalgia. I stopped saying I had fibromyalgia. I stopped identifying with it. And what I did was I started to affirm, I'm healthy, I'm happy, I'm glowing, I'm vibrant, whatever resonated for me. And I had an experience about six to eight weeks into the healing process where the words came flying at me right over my head, sickness and disease. And I was like, okay, what was that? <laughs> but I realized after I talked to some people that I shifted the paradigm. I had shifted my neural pathway. And then what happened was things started showing up in my life out of the blue, people, experiences. And that's when I got my master's and I became a Reiki master and I got into the metaphysics. Yeah. That's how no, you're not mad. That's how the life was pushing you forward to becoming the person that you are today and where you are today. You know, I hate to bring our conversation to a close because you've been so delightful. But tell me as we move on with the book Mayhem to Miracles, leave us with your best website where our listeners and viewers can find out more information about you. I'm sure they would like to connect with you. I have two, if that's okay, because one is for the corethinkingblueprint.com, and then the other one is hoteluniverse.com, so they can check out both. Okay, that's fantastic. Listen, thank you so much for your wisdom and for your authenticity. Looking forward to learning more and seeing more of you out there in the world of digital. Yeah. But many, many good wishes, and stay healthy, and thank you for joining us. You are welcome, and thank you for having me. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed Eileen and her sharing of her stories from struggles to triumph. Isn't that what it's all about? We all have to go through something to sometimes get us to the mountaintop. But when you're at the mountaintop, what are you planning to do? Come back down. And then you're going to climb another mountain. Life is incredible. You are incredible. Together, we are incredible. Let us continue to amplify more love, compassion, light, and peace to the world. Just as a part of the narrative, like that's one of the reasons why we exist. I think it would be a wonderful thing to do. Remember, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission. And I suspect you're actually all here to love each other the same. Take care, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. Be well. 
I'm Sister Jenna. You've been listening to America Meditating Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Did you enjoy that conversation? Because you can also listen to it on Spotify or on iTunes, 24-7, anytime, anywhere. I do trust we all have inner power to become our very best. When we listen with curiosity to learn more, we grow. So thanks so much for tuning in, and do be easy on yourself. Take care.